Good morning, everyone. John 1.1. We're going to talk about Jesus being the Word. You know, I, I spend the whole week trying to figure out what I want to say to you about Jesus Christ. I, I don't spend any time thinking about how I might preach hellfire and brimstone and tell you what you're doing wrong and make you feel guilty and go home feeling like you've got to do something and get everything changed. I want to edify you. I want to tell you not only what God wants you to do, but I want to tell you how you can get it done and how you can feel better and stronger during the week as you're living with Him. So that's my purpose, really, in, in preaching. And I, I thank you very much for the opportunity I have to be able to stand before you. Now, the, the text in John 1, 1 has been preached before, and you've probably heard it many, many times. And we know that Jesus is the Word. He is the, he is the living Word. I'm going to take a little different approach this morning and tell you something else about Jesus being called the Word. We know that the Word of God is contained in the Bible. And we know that Jesus is called the Word, but we, we maybe we're not really certain as to why that is done. Let me start out by saying that, that I'm not trying to convince anyone of anything contrary to what you may have believed before, uh, because so I'm not going to use text that will that will do that. I'm not trying to to uh, make an argument for you. What I'm trying to do is show you what will help you if you understand what the word is and what what the word does, what Jesus does. Now Jesus was on this earth as a man, and Philippians chapter two at verse seven says he he took upon himself the form of a, of a servant, a man. He was here for approximately 34, maybe 34 and a half years. And he was in the public eye talking to people and interacting with them for about three and a half years. And during that time, a lot of people came to him and had things they wanted to ask him, things they wanted to tell him, things they wanted to accuse him of. They wanted to interact with Jesus. And one of the things that, that seemed to be on their mind, and is on our mind a lot, and that is, how am I going to go to heaven? How am I going to get back in God's good graces? How am I going to be reunited with Him so that I can have life? And that, that, that was on their mind a lot, and, and some of them actually asked that question. What do I have to do to inherit eternal life? There's a statement made in Matthew chapter 19 by who we call a rich young ruler. And he came to Jesus, and I'm going to be reading a little bit of it in Matthew chapter 19 at verse 16. He says, One came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? That'd be easy, wouldn't it? Give me something good to do. Tell me one good thing I can do so I can live forever. And you know what Jesus said? He said, why do you call me good? There's none good but one, that is God. So this man didn't realize he was calling Jesus God when he called him good. But he was. He said, but if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. Now the first thing that came to this fellow's mind was, 
Which one? I, he didn't want a bunch of them. He just wanted one. He said, what good thing do I have to do to get to heaven, to, to have a life eternal? So Jesus gave him the, the commandments that had to do with his fellow man. And the, and the rich young ruler said, well, I've, I've done all this. Now what? And so Jesus said, okay, sell everything you have, give to the poor, follow me. And the young man said, no, that's, I don't want to do that. So the commandments have always been kind of a problem, haven't they? On another occasion, uh, a lawyer came to him, and, and this is found in the book of Luke in chapter 10. These are interesting events, in my mind at least. This lawyer came to Jesus, and, and he wanted to ask another question of him, and he asked it this way, and, and I want you to, to listen carefully, because Jesus is kind of turning things around. He's, not talk, he's talking about the commandments, but he's not talking about commandments in the sense that we think about commandments. So, the lawyer stood up and tempted him in Luke chapter 10 at verse 25, and he said, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, he wasn't looking for just one good thing like the young ruler was, but he said, what, what shall I do? And Jesus said, what's written in the law? I'm going to tell you something in a little bit about how many laws there were that people thought they had to keep, but right now... He said, uh, what is written in law? How do you read? And this man cut through to the chase, basically. He said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And Jesus said, you've answered right, this do and you'll live. But the, young man, the, the lawyer said, wait a minute. You know, lawyers aren't always content with a simple answer. <laughs> so he said, wait a minute. Who's my neighbor? He thought, it's okay, I can, I, can get along. I can love God, but how about my neighbor? And he was probably thinking of a contrary, obstinate neighbor that he had, and he's wondering, am I supposed to love this guy too? So he's saying, Jesus then gave him the illustration. You remember the illustration? The good Samaritan. The man was on his way, a Samaritan was on his way, or a man was on his way to Jericho from Jerusalem, and he fell among thieves. And a priest came by and saw him. They went by on the other side. The Levite saw him. Went by. On the, they didn't stop for him. But the Samaritan came along, who was not a Jew, who was not accepted as being a righteous person. He came by and he helped him, bound up his wounds, took him to an inn, and took care of him. And then told the innkeeper, said, "Take care of him. If you, if it costs you any more, let me know. Because when I come by again, I'll pay you." So that was, that was his neighbor. But notice the two things that, that the, this, this lawyer seemed to catch on to. He said, the first commandment was love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And that, my friend, is not as easy as you might think right away. It's not easy to love someone. And unless you have a pretty good reason for it, you're not going to do it. Neither am I. Then he said, love your neighbors yourself. And that's a tough one too, isn't it? But this lawyer seemed to catch that. He seemed to know that. But then he, he wasn't really sure if he ought, to, he ought to be able to do that. So he, he, he tried to lay a trap for Jesus and it didn't work. Then on another occasion, in Matthew uh, chapter 22, verse 34, the Sadducees had been questioning Jesus and there were three religious groups during the time of Jesus, kind of like denominations today. 
There were three denominations of Israel. One was called an Essene, E-S-S-E-N-E, and they lived out in the wilderness and they really didn't come into town very often, so you don't see them interacting with Jesus. But they did interact with men like John the Baptist, because John the Baptist dwelt in the wilderness, but you don't read anything about them, basically, in the New Testament. But the Essenes were there. Then there was the Sadducees, and the Sadducees said, you know what, it's all going to be here on this earth, and there's nothing after this earth. Nothing, nothing after this life. A lot of people like to think that. Just get to the end of this life and go to sleep. But Jesus, of course, told them differently. Then there was the Pharisees, and the Pharisees said, if you'll keep the law, and we'll tell you what it is, we'll tell you what all the commandments are, and you get busy, and you keep them all, and you can go to heaven. You can have eternal life. Those are the three. So Jesus had just talked to the Sadducees, and, and they, they thought they had a big question for him. They said, well, in the, if, the, if there's going to be a resurrection, there's, there's a fellow that, that married this, this lady, and he died. And according to the Levite law of marriage, his brother had to marry, his younger brother had to marry the woman. He said, and so they set up the, they, they set up the quagmire for Jesus, they thought. They said, okay, the next man dies, and so the next brother has to marry her, then the next brother, and next, it went seven times. Then they said, now then, whose wife shall she be in the resurrection? So they had the big problem for him. And he said, he said, you, you err not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. In the resurrection, they're neither male nor female. They're neither married or given in marriage. Anyway, he answered them. And now the Pharisees came up and they thought, well, now they're going to get him. Now they can get him when the Pharisees couldn't. So they said, what is the greatest commandment in the law? If you're going to pick out one commandment, which one is it? Now, Jesus answered the same way that lawyer answered. In Matthew chapter 22, I want to read, read the text because there's, there's a little difference in, in what he's saying and what, he, what was stated before. So he says, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, friend, I want to talk to you this morning about commandments. Commandments. What God expects you to do. That's what they were asking. What does God expect me to do? And if He expects me to keep the commandments, which ones? Now, I, I've, I've got, I'm going to assume something. I'm going to assume that you're all thinking the same thing. Which commandment am I supposed to be keeping? Which ones am I supposed to be keeping? Which ones have I broken? How many are God? How many of the commandments will God hold me accountable for? What are God's commandments? And there's a simple answer to that. But at this point, at this point, Jesus is saying, "Keep the commandments. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So everything you do." In terms of a commandment, you're doing out of one motivation. Love. If you love God, you'll keep His commandments. And you say, which? Just like everybody else, which, which commandment? If you love your neighbor, 
you'll keep the commandments. You see what he's saying? Now in Matthew chapter 5, and at verse 17, he says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law. What, when he says one jot or one tittle, he means one hyphenated mark on the law. When you write it out, you put a question mark or an exclamation point or a little jot or a little period or whatever. He's saying, this is all going to stand pretty firm. He said, one jot or one tittle shall no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Now, I'm going to rush ahead and say, Jesus fulfilled all the law for us. Amen. And that's, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. But what I'm trying to tell you here is that Jesus is concerned about the commandments. He's not saying you can ignore them. He's saying one jot or one tittle shall no wise pass. And he's talking about the Old Testament law. What the, what the Jews, the Israelites called the Torah. The first five books of the, our Old Testament. They have 24 in their Old Testament. We have 39. They're basically the same books. The same books. But Jesus is saying to them, He's saying, you have to keep the commandments. You must keep the commandments. And I'm going to tell you the same thing. We must keep the commandments. But I'm going to tell you how it's going to be done, too. I don't want you to leave this building saying, woe is me. I can't live up to them. But the Bible Bible says, and Jesus said, you have to keep commandments. Now, the Bible also tells us that we can't. It's not possible. I can't do it. Look in in Romans chapter 3, if you will, where the Apostle Paul is talking about Commandments, Romans chapter 3 and verse 20 says, By the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified. So if you keep all the commandments, you're still not going to be right before God. Now that's depressing. It is to me at least. If I'm keeping all the commandments, I'm trying to keep all the commandments and I'm breaking them, I'm not right with God. And in chapter 5, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, chapter 7 of Romans. And at verse 7, Paul said, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the Lord said, Thou shalt not covet. Now, he's, when Jesus talked about the law and the commandments, he said that, that on these two principles hang all the law, all the Law and the prophets. Love your Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. And he's saying at that same time that you must do that. You must do that. And, and you must keep the commandments. And, and when we look at the law, the law tells us that we can't. We can't keep the commandments. We break them. And he said, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We can't. Keep the commandments. There's a problem. Now, I don't know why God did it that way. Apparently, it was to let us know that we can't do it by ourselves. Why didn't He just, when Adam and Eve sinned, Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden, why didn't He just say, okay, I'll I'll take you back. I'll, I'll figure out a way right now to get you back in my good graces, to get you back with me. But He didn't. For some reason, there's something about us, within us, that says, I have to be proven. 
it has to be proven to me that I can't keep the commandments. Did you know that? I have to know that I can't do it. Because if I, if I don't know that, I'll always think I can. I can do it by myself. If I don't know I can't, then I'll always think I can. That may be the reason. But it took 1,400 years before the time came that Jesus came to this earth and He fixed a way for us to be able to keep the commandments. He figured out a way. God had figured out a way for us to do that. But, by, by, but we cannot do God's commandments and we cannot keep the commandments. And the reason is, once we keep one, we're going to break another one. That, that's the problem. That's what James says. Uh, James says in James chapter 2 at verse 10, he says, Whosoever shall keep the law and yet offend in one point... He's guilty of it all. So, it's like we're doomed. We're doomed. We can't keep the commandments. We can't live up to all the commandments in the law. And yet, you know, I've mentioned the Jews, and I don't want to be harsh with, this, with Israel, but, but the point is that Israel still thinks they can. Did you know that? Along about the ninth century uh, we call it A.D. or the Common Era, long about the ninth century, the rabbis in the Jewish religion had decided that they knew how many commandments there were and they had studied the law and they figured it out. 613. That's what they say. There's 613 laws in the Torah. And they believe, they believe that one day there will be a generation of Jews who will be able to keep all those 613 commandments. And when they do, then the Messiah is going to come and they're going to rule the world. Now if you're still around when that happens, in their mind, they're going to rule over you. They're going to rule over everybody. And they, they still believe, you say, do they really believe that? Yes, they do. As a matter of fact, every Passover, at what they call the Seder, they set an extra bowl at the table, extra cup, and an extra chair, and they send the children to the door to welcome Elijah the prophet, because Malachi chapter 3 at verse 1 says that God was going to send his prophet, send Elijah before the great and notable day of the Lord comes. They still believe that they can keep the commandments. Now my question is, do you believe you can keep them all? You think you could, you'd never make a mistake? That you would, somebody cut you off on the freeway and you don't raise your fist? You don't get mad? That you don't lie? That you don't perjure yourself? That you don't get angry without a reason? You know, this, this is the problem with keeping the commandments. We're told that we cannot keep the commandments. And there are people that think that that's not true. We can keep the commandments. Now the commandments were not just the ten commandments written on stone. Like I said before, the, the rabbis think that they've, they've figured out all the rest of them. Now I have to have some help. If I'm going to please God, if I'm going to get my life right, I have to have some help. Now I'm going to get back to our text. There's a, there's a great problem with keeping the commandments. There's a great problem with doing God's will. And that problem is my heart. My heart is not right. 
it, before the flood, the hearts of men were not right. It was the evil continuing. God wiped out the whole world with the flood. And we haven't gotten any better over time. Our hearts are not right. And that's when Jesus, Jesus said the reason people could not come to God was because their hearts were hardened. They had shut their ears and closed their eyes because the heart was hardened. I don't want to listen to what God has to say. There's a lot of reasons why I don't want to listen to what He has to say. I think you, I think you have probably as many reasons as I can think of. I don't want to. I don't want to listen to the commandments because I don't want to. I don't want to feel like I'm. I don't want anybody judging me. I don't want to be told I'm wrong. I don't want to. I don't want to hear the commandments. I don't want to hear what God has to say. I, I want to be. I want to kind of drift along and do my own thing. There, there are hundreds of reasons why we don't want to keep the commandments. Hundreds of reasons. Our ego, our pride, our selfishness, our thinking that God has done us wrong, our thinking that we, our life is not what it ought to be, that God has not treated us well, and so forth. There are all sorts of reasons why we don't want to keep the commandments or can't keep the commandments. But the main reason is that my heart is not right. That my heart is hard and I won't listen to what God has to say. That's where I believe that the word word in John 1, 1 comes in. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. I believe that God sent Jesus to this earth to knock on the door of my heart and say only one thing. Just one thing. You know what it is? Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open, I will come into him, come in unto him, and will sup with him and make my dwelling with him. He's standing at the door and knocking. Where is he knocking? He's knocking on the door of my heart. And unless I open it, he's not coming in. And if he doesn't come in, I can't keep the commandments. Because I need help. I've got to open that door. Now you say, how does, he, how does he knock? Well, we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. Romans 10, verse 19. You may have heard me speak about Jesus Christ. You may have heard me tell you that in John 8, 28, Jesus said, unless you believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. You may have heard me saying that uh, in preaching, and by the way, that's what the Bible says that God is, is going by the foolishness of preaching is going to save those that believe. Well, you may have heard me say that Jesus took the apostles aside after his resurrection and said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. Okay. Paul recorded this in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 through 4, when he told them that the gospel he had preached to them was the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now someone says, okay, preacher, I believe that. I believe that Jesus came to this earth. He lived. I believe that Jesus talked to all the apostles. I believe that he was crucified. And I believe he rose from the dead the third day. 
But you know what? That is a dry faith. You can believe all that you want. But until you open your heart to Jesus Christ and say, I believe with all of my heart that Jesus is the Christ, it doesn't work. There are a lot of people that believe that Jesus came. A lot of people believe He died. A lot of people believe He resurrected. But they do not open their heart to Jesus Christ. Have you? He's been knocking and saying, Frank, he said, open up. I want to come in and help you keep the commandments. He says, Grace, can you hear me knocking? The other day, I was sitting in the kitchen and I heard this faint knocking at the door. It wasn't Jesus. <laughs> but, but I heard the knocking and I went to the door. My question is, have you heard the knocking of Jesus at your door? Now, what He came to tell you is this. He came to tell you, I love you. That's the power in the Word. He came to tell you, God sent Him this to this earth to say, I love you. He's talking to you heart to heart. When he says, in the beginning was the Word, God sent His Son to tell you that story. He's taking you by the hand. He's taking you to the foot of the cross. And he's saying, look, my heart is broken up there. How do you feel? How do you feel? If you don't feel the love of God in your heart, there is no way that Jesus Christ can come in and help you do anything. You can say, well, I believe. And that's what the Bible says. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things not seen, or the evidence of things not seen. We know without faith it is impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that He is, that He is a reward of them that diligently seek Him. But have you opened your heart and said, Lord, come in. Come into, come into my place. Come into my heart. This is your temple. This is where you reside. I'm going to put you on a throne here in my heart. And I am going to try to do your will. And you know what? Jesus is going to give us the grace and the strength and the faith to do His will. If you're having a hard time controlling your temper, maybe Jesus isn't in your heart. Galatians 2.20 says he's in, he's in us. Jesus Christ is in us. And He comes into our heart by faith. But unless your heart's open to Him, He doesn't get there. But now He's there. Now you're having a hard time controlling your temper. Isn't it time to turn it over to the Lord and say, Lord, we're in this together. You're here with me. Let's keep this commandment. And He says, Bill... I will if you will. If I don't, he won't. But if I do, he will. Isn't that correct? Amen. What are the commandments? You say, well, okay. All right, Bill, let's, let's get the commandments. How many are there? How many commandments? Now, we're not on the Old Testament law. I'm going to take you to a text in the book of Hebrews in chapter 8. And I'm going to mention another text along the way just so you know it. God said, made a promise back in Ezekiel chapter 11... 
he made a promise to the uh, to to those who would hear him, and that promise was that he was going to give his people a new heart, so that they would be able to walk in his ways. And he made the promise that he would walk in them, he would live in them, and he'd walk in them. And so here, here we have in, in chapter 8 of Hebrews, we have the commandments that God expects of, expects of us. Hebrews 8, 8, verse 8 says, For finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Okay, so those 613 commandments that the Jewish rabbis have found don't apply anymore. But there are some laws that do apply. There are some commandments that do apply. And he says, I regarded them not. He said, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. They shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. You know how they did that? And you know how Israel did that to, to make sure everybody knew what the law was? They wrote them out. And they tacked them on their doorposts. That's what God said. Tack them on doorposts. So when you go out of your house, you can look up there and say, Oh, okay, here's what the Lord wants me to do. When you come in at night, you can see the same thing. And some of them even put them on their, on their garments. The Ten Commandments, at least. Not the 613, but 10 of them. But then, then they were always busy trying to figure out what are the commandments and, and here they are and how, how we can do them. But Jesus is saying, that's not, that's not the commandment I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the commandments that will be in your mind and I'll write them in your heart and I will be to you a God and you'll be to me a people and you'll all know me from the least to the greatest. My friend, it doesn't take a genius to figure out what God wants us to do. It really doesn't. There are long lists, there are lists in the New Testament that describe the old man and the new man. List in Second Corinthians chapter 6, and there's a list in Ephesians chapter 5, and there's a list in Colossians chapter 4. There's a list all through the New Testament of how you ought to put off the old man and put on the new man. And they're not complicated. God wants you to be a good person. That's what He wants you to do. He wants you to be a good person. He wants you to look like His Son, Jesus Christ. He wants you to love Him, and He wants you to love your neighbor. Now that's a very simple thing, and that hasn't, that hasn't changed. When Jesus comes into my life, when Christ lives in me, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, and I'm a new man, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, every man that's in Christ is a new creature. When I'm new, then it... Then when I read this book, and this is the exciting thing, this is it. If I've opened my heart, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. I think you've done that. My heart's wide open. And I read the words He's, he's given me. And I read the New Testament. You know something? Something happens to me when I'm reading these things. Does it you? When I'm reading His Word, something happens. Something touches my heart. That it's not a mystery. It's, it's not a ghost story. It's the fact that we believe that Jesus is the Christ and that He's talking to us through His Word and He's saying, I love you. And my Father loves you. Let's, let's do this together. I can help you. I can help you. I can make you strong. We can, 
Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Having a hard time loving your neighbor? Get some help. Where are you going to get the help? His name is Jesus. Where do you, where do you find out about Jesus? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, Paul said, for it is the power of God. Have you felt the power in your heart? It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. That's the power. You feel yourself getting weak? Open that book. Open the pages of the New Testament. And it's like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about things that I've seen during my lifetime that kind of remind me of, of what this would be. This is, this is kind of like letting the genie out of the bottle. You know what? You open this book and the power flows out of it. Your heart is open, the book is open, and everything lights up. Because Jesus is there, and you're with Him, your heart's wide open, and you feel His power. Now that's what I came to say to you this morning. He is the Word. What did you say, Lord? I love you. You tell your children what they need to do as they're growing up. You tell other people what they need to do. You give commandments and you give orders and you bark orders and you tell everybody, here's what I want you to do. If you tell someone you've got to love me, it's going to take more than just telling them to do it. Isn't it? You have to love me, Bonnie. God didn't just tell us you have to love me. God sent His Son and said, I love you. I love you. Do you love me? That's, that's, of course, what I want to send you home with today. God loves you. Let's stand together and sing.